Hello, and welcome to EdTech Download. EdTech Download is a production of the American Institutes for Research and our partners at the Jefferson Education Accelerator. AIR and JEA are embarking on some really exciting work together to try and move the field and inspire entrepreneurs, education leaders, and researchers to think differently about how they approach EdTech, how it's studied, and how it's implemented in the field. I'm Marshall Conley, Senior Consultant with AIR, and your host. Today, we will continue our discussion of the 2016 National Education Technology Plan with guests Tracy Gray and Larry Friedman from AIR and Bart Epstein of the Jefferson Education Accelerator. Together, we've identified three important issues to consider as we're discussing the National Ed Tech Plan. Equity, active use, and leadership. The developer community, researchers looking to do research and evaluation in the area of ed tech, and especially districts and school leaders. Today, we are talking about active use and how it impacts our core audiences. Tracy, I'd like you to kick us off today with a brief explanation of what active use means and how it fits into this context. Well, this is really a, a concept that I think is finally reaching uh, the attention of educators, teachers, parents, and other users of technology. And that is going beyond this notion of the digital divide being about who has the tools and who doesn't, but really focusing on how these tools are being used. Are students, are users being encouraged and fostered and uh, assisted with using technology to do really innovative and exciting things that they wouldn't be able to do without these tools? Are students being encouraged to use technology for the production of media? Are they using it for design, designing, uh, whether it's uh, designing issues related to science, uh, looking at dissecting a frog, and then having the opportunity to develop 3D graphics of of the frog so that they can better understand not only what they did in the lab, but actually develop a visual representation of what they're studying. Are they having global interactions with students uh, around the world who might be focused on uh, a history lesson? Are they able to then develop stories and communications and blogs and other types of social media where they can continue these communications. In other words, are we getting students to use the tools in ways that not only engage them, but really push them to another level of their cognitive development? So Bart, what can developers do to work towards better equity in schools? This would be a great time to mention that the 2016 National EdTech Plan has some great examples that anyone who hasn't yet reviewed the plan may want to look at. Because what you're talking about, Tracy, is the difference between teaching at someone using a technology and engaging the learner so that the learner is an integral part of the experience and in many ways the experience changes based on how the learner interacts with it uh, to create new media to uh, probe issues, to create content that can be shared. Uh, I think there's real striking difference between what was available in 2010 
and what's available in 2016. It's been a tremendous leap forward in capability in just a few years. Well, and, and you really touch on such an important element of this BART, and that is that these tools are offer ways to really engage students, but also teachers, and they allow teachers the opportunity to reach out to others uh, within their community, across the country, across the world, to see how teachers are addressing particular issues, to have the opportunity for them to be active learners. And that's one of the things that we emphasize throughout the plan, is that this type of engagement is both for the students and for the teachers, so that everybody really is continuing their development, whether it's students learning the content or it's teachers enhancing their own professional development and learning. Larry, do you have anything to add to that? From the research perspective, whether it's you're trying to design a study or you're um, reading the documentation that comes with uh, the technology or the piece of software, ask yourself uh, in what respects and how is this active? How would I recognize it when I see it? Then ask the person who uh, is the purveyor, uh, demonstrate this to me. Show me some active learning here. So when you ask how active it is, and you ask for the demonstration of how active it is, where you're starting to look at something that's really important to keep in mind in general when you're trying to make good decisions about what software does belong in, in your classrooms or in your house or whatnot, you think, how is this intended to be used? And in what respects is the intention, intended use, active? Okay, I would go probably so far as to say, if you can't find anything out about that, think twice. Okay, if we can't show that it contributes to um, activity uh, and active learning in the way that the research suggests it ought, um, think twice about it. Thanks, Larry. You know, what, what I really take away from what you just said is that kind of the definition of active and how it's purported to be, you know, implemented is, is really important and making sure that, that when we study something, you know, that, that definition or that idea really matches up to what the questions are and, and, and what our, our, the end goal of the study is, what impact we're trying to see. And so, Bart, I'm wondering if you maybe can share a little bit about an example of this or something you've seen in the field that, that really gets at this idea of active and how, how those things match up. Sure, Marshall. That's a great question. And I'd say that we talk to dozens of companies a month to look at who's doing what, what's most compelling, uh, what's growing, and almost everything that we see now is active. Uh, I'll give you an example or two. Uh, it used to be that when companies did corporate training, there would be a PowerPoint presentation, and maybe there would be uh, a single video of a trainer at a headquarters giving a 30-second example. There's a company called Apprennet, that has developed a platform th that uses the power of crowds to help training. What they do is imagine you're training a group of 500 greeters nationwide for your restaurant and you want to teach them how to do a good job and make guests feel welcomed. Using a Prennet, they start by having everyone watch a brief presentation and see a video or two 
and then each of the 500 participants records a 30-second video of their effort to make a greeting. And the system then takes each of those videos and shuffles them up and distributes them to everyone so that each of the 500 people being trained gets to watch eight videos of their peers. And over the course of five minutes, they watch eight videos and they rate them. And two minutes later, the system spits out a list of the 10 most loved videos from within the group of trainees and distributes them to all of the trainees who can then watch them and see examples that were created on the fly. Uh, another example that I like is a company called LightSail has created a reading product that embeds assessments actually in real time into the text. So instead of reading text and then doing an assessment afterwards to determine your comprehension, LightSail will pop a question up right in the middle of reading on a tablet to query whether the student understands a word or a concept and it can adapt based on the responses from the students. Another great example of active use of technology is, a, is an app that we uncovered called Speak Navi. This was developed by a group of students in a very small school district who found themselves in a class with a student who was blind. And what they wanted to do, these were middle schoolers, what they wanted to do was to create an app that would allow their classmate to be able to navigate the school environment. And the app was so successful for the student, but also for developers, that it was bought by a company and the five students received uh, quite a large sum of money for their app. Uh, so it's a, it's a great example of students being engaged, students being empowered by their teachers to develop something, and even young students realizing, particularly uh, underrepresented groups, that the whole area of STEM education, that there's a place for them. There's a place for them to take their creativity and their knowledge and excel and do something good for their classmates and hopefully for the larger community. One other example that I love is a company called Echo360 has a product called Active Learning Platform. And this system does something so simple but powerful in that it allows college students to follow along lectures having a copy of the faculty members' slides on the screen of their device, and they can click through the slides and indicate which things on the different slides are confusing to them in real time. And they can ask questions to teaching assistants in real time. And at the end of a single course, uh, I mean a single session, the faculty member can have gathered hundreds of data points, micro-feedback from all the students in a way that simply wasn't possible 20 years ago when one student might raise their hand to indicate frustration or confusion. Now, the data tells the story. You look and see that on slide number seven, 
44 people clicked because they thought it was confusing, you know that when you teach your next class, you need to cover this concept and you need to change your slide. And uh, that creates a virtuous circle for instruction. It's an R&D process. That's right. R&D is becoming part of the continuous improvement loop. It used to be that technology was released and it would be stable for a year or two and uh, the next upgrade would come out on floppy disks or CD-ROM and now we have quietly slipped into the world of software as a service where products are seamlessly updated overnight sometimes every week and there are education technology products now that are on version 583 or build 650 and they are taking that feedback to improve the learning experience and they're doing it by engaging with students so engaging students actually helps not only the students but it generally helps the teachers become better teachers and it helps the developers build better products Great points, everyone. On that note, I'd like to thank everybody for being here today. If you'd like to check out the National Education Technology Plan and learn more about the topics we discussed, visit the Office of Educational Technology at tech.ed.gov NETP. If you'd like to learn more about the partnership between American Institutes for Research and the Jefferson Education Accelerator and all the work we're doing together, check us out at AIR.org slash JEA partnership. Thank you for listening. We'll see you online.